Where the Lord is, there's freedom. <laughs> Where the Lord is, there's everything you need. You just got to come. Just got to surrender. We say, I'm desperate for you. Well, we need to be desperate because we're living in desperate times right now. As a believer, we, that's the position we need to take. We're desperate every day because we don't know what life's going to bring. We don't know what we're going to have to face every day. I thank God that there's somebody who loves me was willing to give all for me. And he ain't finished yet. He's not finished with you yet. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Dawn and I want to wish all the mothers that are here today a happy Mother's Day. One of my granddaughters knocked on the door early this morning and brought my wife some flowers and some black jelly beans and, and a card that she was reading on the causeway over here, and she got here in a wreck. I mean, she was a wreck. She says, how am I going to church? I came, my eyes all swollen. But uh, that's amazing. She's not only a mother, she's a grandmother of 17 uh, and a great-grandmother of 19 and one great-great-grandmother child. So she's a great, great grandmother. Hallelujah. And my day's coming too. Next month. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I will enjoy it. Hallelujah. I want to share uh, uh, something from the Word of God this morning in chapter 8, verse 1. It says, after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve was with him and some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. These women, I guess they were grateful for what the Lord has done. Some of them were healed of diseases. Some of them had demons cast out of them. So their lives were changed forevermore. And they committed themselves to the ministry. They were working and supporting Jesus. Could you imagine that? Working to give money to Jesus and his disciples to do the work of the ministry. Uh, this is the fourth church I pastored. I pastored four. All right, we started three of them. This is the last one we started. And... Uh, it's amazing how much women have helped. Not only in this church, our first church. I remember telling you, I prayed to the Lord, don't give me a church full of women. Give me some men, you know. And what he did, he gave me a church full of women, but without them women, we'd have never got it done. I'm telling you. They they had one woman, she had, she had, her husband was in prison. She had twins, Roland 
rolling two two strollers and handing out invitations to our church. That was the first church. And uh, they were uh, such a blessing. And I want to say, and it happened for all of our churches that are pastored. Women have supported uh, the ministry, supported me and my wife. And I want to say a special thanks to the women that are here today. You know who you are. You know how you have committed yourself to this ministry and how you have labored in this ministry. And I just want, my wife and I just want to say thanks to you for doing that. Uh, because God uses all of us. Praise the Lord. But God has given us three special women uh, today. We have Sister O is over in the nursery uh, watching, but she's got two daughters. They're the dynamic duo, and uh, uh, Sister Rochelle and Sister Rhonda. They're going to come and share, and um, then Sister O is going to come later. They got it all figured out. But I want to tell you, the, the, these two women have been such a blessing uh, to, to me and this church and their husbands too, uh, Stanley and uh, Dontrell. They've come in, uh, you know, just ready to see something happen. And I want to tell you, this church is no accident here. This church was, was God sent. Uh, I was I was very settled in in Covington, and God said you got to go test the water. God said to, to to go out there and see and test the waters here in Madras. They got a thousand churches there. God said go test the waters, and we did, and we've seen people come to Christ here. People's lives are changed, and so we know it's no accident that God got this church together. So. Well, praise the Lord. Let's welcome Rochelle and Rhonda as they come. Good morning. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. We are thankful, um, humbled. Pastor Carl and Pastor John asked us um, to speak and to share. I love this church. I love my pastors. I love my people. I love every single one of y'all. And so I'm so thankful that we can share this morning with you guys. So we want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here today. We want to acknowledge you, encourage you, and we hope to pour into your lives today. So that's our goal. We want to encourage and we want to pour into your lives today. So Psalms 127.3. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. So... Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Yes. So how many of you know, like, the greatest gift and the most challenging gift is being a mother to your child? Sometimes it's the best thing in the world, and sometimes it could be the worst thing. And I just want to let you guys know, ladies, moms, if nobody's told you lately that you're doing a great job as a mother, you're doing a great job as a mother. Yes. Okay. Yes. So children are our reward. And we want to talk about a mother in the Bible. Her name was Jochebed. Um, she is the mother of Moses. So we feel that she has something to learn from, that she shows the model of a motherhood or what mother motherhood is. So we want to take y'all through the journey of, the, of motherhood with Jochebed. So we're going to be in Exodus 2, 1 through 10. This is the birth of Moses. This is the NLT version. So about this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi, got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Happened for three months. Sorry, sorry, y'all. But we, but when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what, what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to 
bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she seen she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked, yes, do. The princess replied, so the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So, he, so the woman took the, her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. In verse 2, it says, she saw that he was special. So how many of you know when we have our children, our children are special. We look at each one of our children, our children are special, and they're a gift to us. So... Hebrews 11:32 By faith Moses's parents hid him for 3 months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict so edict is an official order or proclamation of a person in authority so all children are truly a miracle from God our babies are special not ordinary but they are extraordinary right. our children are not just ordinary children they're our children are are extraordinary. Each baby is knit together in the mother's womb. So both Rhonda and I both have experience with infertility and we dealt with and we the enemy wanted to rob us of being a mother and we knew our promises and so even for me we, me and my husband we stood and we prayed and we asked God for three years for a child to receive a child. And we stood on his word and we stood on his promises. But it didn't come without its trials. It didn't come without its hardships. It didn't come without the tears and the pain of going through the process. But he is no ordinary child. He is extraordinary. And just like Rochelle mentioned with her infertility, I also dealt with it. Um, not knowing that we would be going through the same thing. And the enemy tried to use it against us at one point in time. Mm -hmm. um, and to say that we are standing here together speaking about it, that's that's only God. Mm -hmm. And so um, Rochelle had to, they battled with it for three years. With my infertility, um, it was a little bit different. They told me that either one to try to have a child, and at that time I didn't know if I wanted to have a child right then and there, or... I may not ever have a child. Mm -hmm. And so we prayed about it and we tried and we tried and then we ended up with Jeremiah. Um, but it wasn't an easy walk. And through that walk, I, I had to lean on God to give me the faith that I needed to continue on to push through that. Yes, I will have a child. And yes, he will be mine because he is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And so it may have not been the same scenario, but it was still with infertility. And the, the devil wanted it to stop us from being mothers. But we are more than conquerors. We are mothers mm -hmm. to this day. And I may not have another child, and my sister may have more, but it's like whatever God's intent and his plan is all in his timing and, mm -hmm. and is in his purpose. Mm -hmm. Right, because even with, like how she said, that it wanted to cause strife between us because in within that, Stanley and I always knew we wanted children. And so we were like ready and on board for it. And so we had started the journey and wanted a child and we were having trouble and we were struggling. And what I didn't know was, is that the enemy also knew that I wanted a child. And so the enemy used the very thing that would break me to use against me. And I remember sitting in my living room because like Rhonda said, she came and within that time of us struggling and trying, I felt like God was so far away from me that my prayers weren't being answered and I wasn't being heard. And I'm like, Lord, why do you feel so far away? And she comes in the mist and says like, she's pregnant. And, and so instead of me enjoying, it's like the enemy used that very thing. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you he flooded like the the emotions was every emotion and I could not be there like I would have been for my sister because I was struggling and I was dealing with what I what we were going through. So that robbed her of when she told me that robbed the enemy took that from us because I was seeing my circumstance instead of seeing what God could do for me in that time. And because we were given like less than one percent chance of having a baby naturally. And when I tell you and I sit here, it's all for God's glory. And He told me and He told my my husband that this is going to be through me and by me and only. And That's I'm telling right. you, Lil Stanley's here only by God because it, that less than 1% chance, 
no help. It was God and God alone yeah. that we conceived that child. And so I'm thankful. But that enemy came in and that same thing wanted to dismantle me because that was something that nobody could help me with. I couldn't go to my mom. I couldn't go to my, uh, my sister. I couldn't go to my husband to fix it. I had to rely on God to fix it and I had to cling to him. And so that through that process and through that storm, I had to cling to him stronger than ever before and know that I, him and him alone and his word is what was going to get me through and give me the peace and give me the joy. And like I said, it's not those trials are not easy, no. but it's necessary. It's necessary. And so I'm thankful for it. And I'm thankful for all glory to God that we have our children and we have our boys. Thank you, Lord, even though they're a big handful. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yes. If y'all around the me point of time, you'll you'll know. You'll know the two. <laughs> you can point them out. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, Psalms, uh, so we're going to read in Psalms 139, 13 through 14. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. Your children are fearfully, wonderfully made the way that they are. Uh -huh. I praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So as mothers and parents, we know our children are a gift. We know that God knit them together in our womb. We know that God gives us life and life to the fullest. These things may sound cliche and very easy to speak, but in the same breath, we have to battle. We have to fight for our children because the enemy would want to come in, steal, kill, and destroy. You have to fight for your children. You have to speak life over your children. Mm -hmm. It is important. You are that spokesperson for your child. You are that advocate for your child. You have to speak life every single day over your child. Speak the word every day over your child's life because they have to go out into this mm -hmm. world. And one day you're not going to be the one that's going to stand for them. They have to stand on their own. So mm -hmm. you, have to, you have to build that foundation for your children. Mm -hmm. And so John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And just as we was going through our infertility issues, it's so, and you know it's only God, because at the church that I was going through uh, back then, I had met several women. But one of the girls, she, she was so genuine, and um, she was also dealing with infertility. And she was like, let's start a, a life group for infertility to build up women. So when I tell you, and I could stand here to this day, the women that was in the life group that were battling with infertility all have children now because we stand in the gap. We pray for the women. We stood. Every single person has a child. Some of them working on baby number two. God can move. You have to activate your word because he is going to He's going to supply it. He's going to give it in his timing, mm -hmm. not ours, his timing. Mm -hmm. So I could stand here today saying that all those women, we've, we fought mm -hmm. and we prayed. And they have their precious babies with them now. So just like in Jochebed's story, Pharaoh decreed all midwives were to kill all Hebrew boys. But Jochebed decided to hide her baby because she, didn't want, she wanted him to stay safe. All of us as mothers just want to love and protect our children, but we find ourselves hiding our babies. We can, hide, we can be hiding our children from people, the world. We can also hide them from God. And it's so... And you know it's only God because me and Rochelle, we decided to do it on Jacobed. And just so happened, and I don't realize that I'm doing it, and I know I have to pray on it because I know I'm still walking out my walk. My walk is not finished. I'm still walking. I, I may seem like, okay, Rhonda, you got it, you got it, but I really don't because God has me. So I have to rely on him to, mm -hmm. to lead me through. But just so happened, it says to hide our babies. I find myself with Jeremiah in his walk and his autism journey. I find myself hiding him from other people. I find myself being that mom that, okay, are you okay? Are you okay? Or if the child is, is being mean to Jeremiah and he's not aware of it, I want to go in and I want to protect him. But I got to release him to God and let myself know that God has him no matter where he's at. And he's going to be able to face those giants and he's going to be able to understand what he needs to understand. And so lots of times we have to examine and say, am I hiding my child from people? Am I hiding my child from God? Because at the end of the day, they're not ours. Mm -hmm. They're his. Mm -hmm. So we have to release them and we have to surrender them to God. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the first is release and surrender. 
release and surrender. So there came a time when Jogbe could not hide her baby anymore. So she came to the point of release. But in doing that, she prepared a basket for him that was waterproof that she would lie him in. We must come to a place of surrender with our children. We have to come to a place of surrender. We must trust and have faith in the God we serve that he will take care of our children. The basket symbolized the foundation. And the foundation is God and his word. We need to have faith to believe the foundation will sustain our children through all seasons of their life. No matter the conditions, the foundation, the word of God will not fail. So in that, in Jochebed, she had to release him. She had to let him go. It came to a point in time where she couldn't hide him anymore. She said, okay, I have to release you. But that, you have to release and you have to surrender. So we have to, as mothers, as parents, we have to release and we have to surrender our child. And we have to release him into the world and know that, Lord, the foundation that I have for them, the foundation that I'm giving them now, what I'm feeding to their life, it will sustain. It will sustain. It will keep them through all walks of life, no matter what they face, no matter what they go through. Our God is bigger. Our God is greater. So we have to know and we have to trust. And that's hard for a mother because all we want to do, I remember my son, it wasn't an easy journey conceiving him and it wasn't an easy journey when I had him because he was, it was a high risk pregnancy. I went into preterm labor. He ended up in the NICU and he wasn't breathing when he was born. He literally was purple. He was not, he had no life in his body. And I, they, they rushed him away and I had to, they called me the next day. I was at the hospital. He was at the ch at Children's Hospital, and they're calling me saying, Rochelle, your child has to go to anesthesia for this surgery. This, this, and this can happen. The risk. I haven't even held my son. I didn't even hold my son. And so, but I had to trust in that hospital bed. I was desperate, and I had to trust that the Lord was going to take care of my child and that, I, that he was going to be okay and that he has him because it comes to a point where moms and parents have to stop and God begins. It, it comes to that point where we have to stop, but we have to let God, God begin. And that was the point for me when I was in that hospital bed. All I can do was praise and worship. But you know what? God equipped because through that, we had, to, we had years of praying and preparing for that child. And so that same thing that God has instilled in and imported in us through that process of trying to conceive him was the same thing that I needed to pray him out, of, that we used to pray him out of that NICU. And when I tell you, there was people and doctors that came to turn to us and say, man, he is just like, they're trying to, they're trying to like put him in this incubator to help regulate his temperature, but he's wanting to regulate his temperature on his own. And they're like, wow, they're like, he doesn't need it. And it's the prayer. We prayed him right out of that NICU. And when I tell you, we would walk in and we're saying, we're praying him right on out of here. And that's what we did. But it, does, it doesn't come easy. It takes work. It takes determination. You have to press in. We have to press in as parents, as mothers. We have to intercede. We have to press in for our children. This is not a time to be lazy. This is not a time to be, to be quiet. This is a time where we need to be on the move side because, and we need to be screaming. We need to be proclaiming God's word of our children because the world is falling. The world is dark, and it's not getting better. So this is the time, and so that foundation is God. We need to cover our children with the foundation, and that is him, and that's his word, and we need to speak it over our children. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So we had, I had to trust. We have to trust in the Lord and the Lord's word with all our heart. And we can't lean on to our understanding. So in those situations, in those circumstances, with Jeremiah's autism diagnosis, with my son's walk in the NICU, that wasn't, that I didn't understand what was going on. We didn't understand, you know, we can't fathom everything, but we don't lean on to our own understanding. But in always we submit to him and we say, okay, Lord, you are in control. You are in control of this situation. I know that you're with me and I'm trusting in you and I'm not leaning onto my ways, but your ways, because your ways are straight, not my ways. Deuteronomy 31, eight says the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He would never leave nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So when you have to drop that little one off at school or when you have to bring that one to the doctor, do not be afraid. You can rest assured that he will never leave nor forsake you. But you have to get that planted and rooted into your heart that he'll never leave nor forsake you or he will never leave nor forsake your child. And that you have to pray that when we're on our way to school, 
school, we talk about it all the time. Men, little Stanley, Rhonda does the same thing with Jeremiah. We pray. We thank, we say, thank you, Lord, for today. Today's going to be a good day. I cover him in the blood of Jesus. And we pray it out loud because I want to decree and declare that over his life each and every day. But we must open our mouths and we must we must say it because there is an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. There is an enemy that wants to come in and rob you and, and scheme against you. But we have to say no. And we have to rebuke that. But we have to speak life to the situation. And this is one. Hi. It's okay. No. That's, that's one. This is one. So John 16, 33. You want to go with Levy? Look, love is going to help you. Love. Okay. He got stop. Jeremiah, go see Lovey. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you, have, you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So in this we have to trust. We have to not lean on to our own understanding. And that he will never leave nor forsake you. And that you, will, you, don't ha you don't have to be discouraged. But it says he will give you peace. So when you submit, when you surrender, when you, when you know that he'll never leave nor forsake you, we can walk and have peace. So when you have to drop your child off or when you're feeling hopeless, when I had to go in, in the NICU and I only could stay with my son 12 12 hours a day, I was literally there from sun up to sundown, and when I left, I felt horrible. And I had to trust in the nurses that were going to take care of my child because I couldn't take care of him. I wasn't allowed to that. In my circumstance, I was not the one who was changing the diapers, who was waking up with him. So I had to trust. But I, in that, you could have peace knowing that God will not leave, will never leave you nor forsake you. And we, it's not by our understanding, but it's trusting in him. And he has overcome the world. So we don't have to fear. Get behind me, Satan, because he has overcome the world. And he is, if he's overcome the world, we will overcome the world. Our children will overcome this world. We don't have to be scared and be fearful of what this world, what this world is offering or what this world has out there. No, our God is bigger than that. Our God is greater than that. But we must submit to him. We must submit to him and we must align our lives in his will, not ours, for our lives and for our children's lives. And we must, as mothers, pray and go in and intercede. Like, Lord, help me. Cause we, you, there's times we don't know, we don't know what to do. We don't know what's the best parenting. We don't know what should, should not do, but it's like, Lord, give me the, give me the knowledge to know, help lead me and guide me and what I need to do for my child and to, and to teach my child. And going off of that, the second pivotal thing that we uh, find the Jacobet um, models is faith. It was in fact faith that she released and she surrendered her child. She did not know when she put the child in the basket and put him on the on the reef on the reed that his her child was going to actually end up being to where she she was able to raise her child. Mm -hmm. That was the only guide. So she put her child on the Nile River, and then just so happened, it gave the opportunity. God made that opportunity to where she could raise her child and raise him until it was time to give it back to Pharaoh. So we put we must put ourselves in her position. She didn't know what was going to come. But God met her with her providence, with providence. And providence is the protective care of God or spiritual care. And so that's the same way with me with faith is because, um, yes, it was a battle with infertility. And, yes, the doctors gave me certain things. And then, once again, God showed up because the day that I was going to start taking the medication was the day that I found out that I was pregnant. So I didn't have to take any medication. I, I received Jeremiah on our own. Mm -hmm. And just so happened, you don't know the circumstances that, that's going to be put into your life. Just so happened, we noticed things that were going on with uh, Jeremiah. He maybe wasn't um, with eye contact, or he wasn't as social as other kids, or he wasn't talking, things like that. So certain things came up, and then all of a sudden it was time, okay, well, let's go see and get him evaluated. I got him evaluated the first time. I stepped out in faith. Okay, let's see what's going to happen. The paperwork, the evaluation, the questions, them looking at your child a certain way, constantly, constantly. It's like, Lord, what are you, what are you showing me? I'm stepping out in faith. I don't know what to do. This is something I never did before. This is a whole new journey, a whole mm -hmm. new world. I don't know what to do. So we ended up getting him evaluated the second time. And that's the second time whenever she says, no, he does have autism. He has autism. It's, he has it. 
but it's not going to define who he is because mm -hmm. he is a child of God, okay? That's right. And I'm going to be the one to step out in faith and step out for my son and advocate for my mm -hmm. son, even though sometimes I may carry him out of therapy because, because he just don't get it. Even though sometimes I may have to talk to him 30 minutes before school, I'm still going to be there because guess what? I'm stepping out in faith for him, and I'm believing that one day he's going to go to school mm -hmm. and he's going to do most great and mighty things mm -hmm. that God has called him to do because he has a great plan and purpose for his life. Right. And that's the same way for right. y'all children. Mm -hmm. Y'all children are made by God. Mm -hmm. it, they are special. Mm -hmm. You have to release that. You have to activate that. You have to open your mouth and say, God, help me. Like Michelle said, ask God for the knowledge and the wisdom that you need to pray for your children. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't know. Because guess what? I pray every day and I, and I wash him with the blood because I am releasing him into the school. And I don't know how it is with ABA school. I know they are very strict on the kids. So I don't know what he has to go mm -hmm. through each and every day. By the time I pick up Jeremiah, he's sleeping by the time I pull out the parking lot. But I have to stand out in faith that I'm doing what I, I need to do. Don Charlie and I are doing what we need to do to help him in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In Psalms 55, 12, it says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we are standing in righteous. And Dantra and I, we are walking in righteous. So Jeremiah can have that favor and that shield, that shield of favor. Because mm -hmm. each and every day he has to go out. Mm -hmm. And I pray that he has favor with man. And I pray that he has favor with God. Mm -hmm. Because that's most important. But you have to activate that. Mm -hmm. You have to allow that to be in your child's life. It matters. Mm -hmm. It really does matter. So in verse 5 it says, The baby was seen by the princess who felt sorry, had compassion for the Hebrew baby. This is so powerful. The Hebrew boys were murdered, but she was able to hide her son and put him in the basket and, and set him on the Nile River. And just so happened, she was able to raise her son. So I can't just imagine how much gratitude and thankfulness she must have been filled with whenever she was able to raise her son. I'm sure the circumstance is not what she would have chosen, but her son was safe and they were blessed to experience the favor of God. Surrendering our children even to the Lord it's not always easy, but it's, uh, it's a necessity. And just like this says right here, it says a circumstance. Autism wasn't, my, uh, wasn't a circumstance that I chose, but that's a circumstance that I have. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I'm going to take that circumstance and I'm going to continue walking and standing on God's word because I know we are overcomers. Mm -hmm. And I know we're going to overcome this. Like I said, this, is, this does not define Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. This does not define my family because I pray for my family as well because I'm not the only one walking through it. They are walking through mm -hmm. it. And I pray for you guys, too, because sometimes you can hear me calling Jeremiah's name 50 million times. It's because I know sometimes it could be a lot. And I just want to say that I appreciate each and every one of you to, for taking the time with him. <laughs> uh, so Hebrews 11.1 1 says, not faith. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith. You yes. have to step out in faith with your children each and every day. Step out in faith. Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. But because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You have to seek him. You have to seek him each and every day mm -hmm. for his favor, for his faith. You have to seek him for your children. So that could be deposited into your children. That's right. What you do matter. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody told you what you do matter. How you speak to your children matter. Those mm -hmm. words that you speak on your children, Maybe. that matters. Because guess what? They hear what you're saying, mm -hmm. and that's what they're going to start to believe. Okay? okay. You got us? I know. She said, for a moment. Okay. So we must believe... Have faith that the foundation and example we are setting will overcome the enemy's tactics. We must allow them to grow and live in this world, but we must remain steadfast in knowing our children may live in this world, but we are standing on the promise that they are not of this world. They will not conform to the things this world conforms to. As parents, we must believe that our children will go out into this world and they will live and have favor of the Lord, the protection of the Lord everywhere they, they go. We must cancel all fear, all anxiety, and all worry. To hide our children from the world is a tactic of fear from the enemy. We serve a God who does the impossible and God who has overcome this world. 
Fear has no place, but today we allow faith to arise. Fear has no place, so we allow faith to arise today. So I pray that faith arises in this place. We must be God's promises over our children. Parents, we have to. We have a job to do. We have a responsibility for the, the example that we set. Like Rhonda was saying, we can't allow ourselves to get lost in the lies of the enemy because I'm. I'm telling you, it's it's a. When you fear and when you when you have fear for your children of like. It, be, it can cripple you. And the fear, fear does not come from the Lord. Fear is the enemy. And so when you are, have fear and when you are in, that enables you, that is an enable, that's a tactic from the enemy that's going to stop you from growing your children. Because we have to know that our children right now, they're maybe small and little and we, and we tell them what to do and they, but they're going to grow up to bigger children and they're going to have to decide and go out into this world and make their own decisions. And so we need to know that we need to trust in the Lord and that we, the enemy has no hold on them, that we, that we speak life into our children. We don't, we rebuke anything that's not of God. And just as a little family, because I, as a, when I was growing up, I, I struggled with fear. Like ever since I was younger, I could remember being fearful of just little things of having real fear and not wanting to be alone or like running into my, not wanting to be in the dark, like certain things that really, like, as I got older, grabbed hold of me and still allowed wanted me to be fearful like I didn't want to be at home alone I didn't want to do this like certain things and even in little Stanley and sometimes we like laugh about it but I see it as a spiritual thing too in his life and I cut that off because I'm no longer walking in fear because God did not give me a spirit of fear so in my son when I see him just the other weekend we were going under the bridge and we were walking to the park and he was fearful of like the cars and it was like to where it was like enabling him. Like he couldn't, he didn't want to go play. And I remember, I looked at my son, I looked down at him and I said, Stanley, I said, I am with you. I said, you have no reason to be, to be afraid or to fear. I said, I am with you. Mommy is with you. I said, but what God did not give you a spirit of fear. I said, you have a sound mind. I said, God did not give you a spirit of fear. And I said, no fear in Jesus name. And I said, repeat it. I said, no fear in Jesus name. And he repeats it. And he says it, no fear in Jesus name, because that even in this, it's like, I want him to know that I'm instilling that in him now. So I talked to him when he said, I scared. No, we're not scared. You have no reason to be scared in Jesus name. But I speak opposite of that even though he's young but I'm correcting that because that, that's not the right thinking that's not what he needs to be thinking about it's like no God did not give you a spirit of fear so you will not fear but it matters now we need to speak to our children now so as they get older that word is so rooted in their hearts that that will be louder than anything and any tactic the enemy can use against them because not today Satan not my child not today Deuteronomy 6 Six through seven says these commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So we should be impressing this on our children, imprinting them with the word of God, impressing, putting that an impression on them. It should be rooted so deep. We should be speaking this to our children. It is so important. So when you're at home, when you're walking along the road, when you lie down and when you wake up, so everything, when you wake up, thank you, Lord, for today. And you speak it with your children. Thank you, Lord, for today that you kept me safe. You speak it with your children at home, dinner. When y'all have dinner together, you speak life and you, you see what's going on and you speak against that. We need to be mindful of what we what we allow in. It's like even sometimes they want to say monster. They want no. There is no such thing. We're corrected. You have to be diligent and correct as parents, as moms. We need to be diligent and correct those things. If those things are not right and don't line up biblically with the will and word of God, we need, must correct that. We must set that straight because those are lies and they have no place. They have no place. Proverbs 22, 6, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn away from it. So even when they're small, so even with Stanley now, like I said, I even I look at him and we say no fear in Jesus name. And we speak to him just the other day. Mom was staying with him and she was her back was hurting. And uh, he seen that she was hurting. He said, he said, you OK? And she said, yeah, I'm okay. Like, Lovey's just hurting. Oh, he said, you got it? And she said, yeah, I love you, God. And she's like, I'm just hurting. And he said, you okay? And she's like, yeah. She's like, my back. And then so he goes over there and he say, in Jesus' name, amen. And so he laid hand. He went where the spot that she was hurting. He said, in Jesus' name, amen. 
He seen me. We were having, the Lord knows the enemy was coming in to rob us of all our appliances because I guess he said, okay, well, I'm going to switch the tactics. And so everything in our house, uh, all the appliances just decided they wanted to break. The enemy just was like crushing all the appliances. And so one day, like I was like so frustrated. And I was so frustrated with the enemy. So I got to that wash and I began to pray. Even on the small things, I began to pray on that wash and he was looking at me and then I turned around and I come back and he's praying on it and saying, in Jesus name, you work, but it's what they see. So that could either be good or bad. It's like, it surprised me. I had to catch it on video. If y'all want to see it, I got the video, but, <laughs> but I had to literally, but he's seen me do that. But it's like, it shocked me that I turn around and he's doing the exact same thing that I'm doing, but that could either be good or bad. So we could be either sowing good that good in life or we could be sowing death and destruction so we need to make sure as parents the example that we are setting and what we're going forth and we're seeing that we by the will of god and that by the word and we can't do it on our own strength because oh jesus i cannot do it on my own strength so it's like we have to ask god for the strength to give us the strength to give us the knowledge to give us the direction to help us through the holy spirit we have the strength because when we're weak even as mothers when we're weak he is made strong so even in your situation as a mother or any situation in your life when you are weak in that situation if you rely on him if you obey him if you line your, your life up with him he is made strong and so we have to remember that he is made strong. So Philippians 1, 6, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So I, I pray over ourselves and all these moms that in the work in us as mothers, as individuals, yes, but as mothers today, that he will finish, he will complete the work that he started in you, that you will fulfill all the things that you have to fulfill for your child's life to give your child everything that your child needs. And that we, and we speak this now on our children, that they will, that God will finish the work that has started them and God will finish the work that started in us because even right now as Stanley's high, there is a work that is being done in his life and that I will see it to completion and that I will see him walk out his authority and his plan and his purpose in Jesus Christ that I will see that come to pass. I will see my son walking in his calling in Jesus name and I will see that. And so even now we are proclaim we proclaim it and we 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 speak it over them even now it is important so as mothers we need to open our mouths we need to get authority we need to stand up because that enemy is under our feet and that enemy has no hold no power over us we have all authority all power through Christ Jesus so we're going to stand up and we don't have to fear I'm not going to fear that my son's going to go out into this world and they have the the evilness because it literally came to a point and I had to correct my thinking because I was bringing him to school, but all the posts on social media about suicide and all the things that are happening, because real things are happening to children, even at a young age. And I literally, the thought came into my mind, do I want my child to go to school? And the fear wanted to come in and I had to rebuke it. And I said, you know, I said, no, no, in Jesus name, because my child has the plan and purpose and I have to raise him up because he's going to be a mighty man of God. He's going to be a mighty boy of God. So he's going to go out and he's going to call those people out. He's going to call those people out. But if I enable him, if I keep him home, if I keep him hidden, how can he go out and be the light? How can he go out and save and go and show his testimony and share his testimony? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to do the opposite. The enemy wants to come in this way, but you know what? I'm going to build him up that he's going to be a mighty warrior for Christ. So when he goes out there, there's nothing that the enemy can take, bring against him. There's no, there's no tactics the enemy can use against him, but he will overcome because God has overcome this world. But I, I speak that and I pray that and you have to believe that in Jesus name that that will happen. Like I said, it's not our own thinking. It's not our own understanding, but it's all through him. Okay, and the final um, pivotal thing that uh, we want to bring up about Jacobet is re uh, reap the promise. So Moses was one of the most prominent figures in uh, the Old Testament because of Jacobet's actions. Moses' life was spared, and he would later be the very one God called to lead the Israel Israelites out of slavery. Apart from his mother, God has a predestined, predestined plan and purpose for Moses' life. Remember, in Moses' early life, he was... His life was being threatened by murder. I'm sure Jacobet did not imagine her son's significance in the fulfillment of his calling. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of, his, of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So God already has a plan for our children. We may, sometimes we want to live our life through our children, 
but that is not the case. God mm -hmm. already has a plan and predestined purpose for your child's life. Mm -hmm. It's like a blueprint. It's already made. Mm -hmm. It's just certain things in life that it may have bumps and rolls through and it may change a little bit, but he already has it formed. And so you have to realize that, that God has a purpose for your child. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanships, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. And it's so also in okay. Psalms 139, 15 through 16, it says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was moving together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in the book before one of them came to be. So we are, the, your child already has a predestined plan. It's just up to us to allow them to go out and do that that plan that God has for them. Mm -hmm. So don't, like Rochelle says, we enable them uh, sometimes, like we hinder their walk because it's like, and even with Jeremiah with feeding him at one point in time, I remember um, trying to feed him and feeding him with a spoon and a fork or trying to ask him which one he needs, the utensil. And I remember I kept trying to feed him, feed him, feed him. But my, by me doing that, he can't do it on his own. Just simple as feeding. Mm -hmm. That's the same way as something regular big in their, your child's life. Oh, well, no, he can't do that. She can't do that. Yes, she can. Mm -hmm. God has her. Mm -hmm. God has him. So allow God to move through your child and allow them to be able to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. So God has appointed our children for the time and generation they are in. He has already predestined their steps, but it's up to us as mothers, parents, to help our children grow in the fullness in the, of their calling. Asking the Holy Spirit for guidance in all truth. In our weak moments of parenting, that's when he's made strong. We have to help guide them along the way. But remembering God is the one in control. We must give complete control, access, access to our children and have faith to know God, the God we serve, is, big, is bigger than any schemes that the, the enemy will try to bring to our children or anything that our children will face. The enemy wants to take the gift, blessing and promise that God has given us. We must rise in faith and all authority, not giving the enemy any access. God's word will not come back void. It will not fail us. So Philippians 4, 6 through 7, don't, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So don't be anxious about anything in every situation. So in the situations, in those moments of parenting, in those moments of being a parent, and you don't know what to do, ask him. Go with prayer and petition. When you go, ask him and speak the word. That's why the word is our weapon. The word is what we have is our tools. So we need to use them. We need to know them. We need to get them on the inside of us so that we may pour them out into our children. But we need to be intent about it. We need to be intentional about praying these things over our children and doing our children. Because like I said, our children are small, but they will be on. And we have to know that when it comes, because even though we are sitting in these chairs and we're saved and we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he still has to. Stanley still has to come to a point where he still has to accept Jesus as his Lord, as his Lord and Savior. And Mama can't make him. It comes to a point where mama's not going to be able to make him, but he's going to have to want it on his own. And I pray that it, the burning and the children and my children in the children's ministry and what, who, what we have now in my child, that they will have a burning inside of them that's going to be rooted in so deep that they won't turn from it, that they won't even want to taste what's out in the world, that the taste of this world is going to be bitter, but they're going to know how sweet God is and they're not going to want to, they're not going to want to part from that. They're going to know the sweetness of God and they're not going to part from it, but that the world is going to be bitter to them and they're not even going to want it. They're not even going to want it or desire for it. That is my prayer over our children and we need to continue to pray that over our children. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave nor forsake you. So don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. So in that, it's like we want to uplift you. And I know we were talking to the mothers and I know we were saying this in reference to mothers, but this is any situation in your life. So you may be going through something that it may not be parent, it may not be your child, but it could be anything that we have to release and surrender to God. We have to have faith on so we can reap the promise that God has for us. So it may not be children. So I don't want to just limit God to it being about the mothers and it being children because in 
I don't want to limit that, but I want to say that it could speak to any situation. So no matter what you're going through, if there's a, something in your life that you feel like that you need to release to God, you need to surrender to God, that you need to have faith, step out and have faith on or that so that you can reap the benefits and the harvest of what his word, his promises. But we can't reap the promise if we don't go through the waters, if we don't go through the if we don't go through the valley, if we don't stand on his word, we can't reap the promise. We have to be obedient and be diligent and be obedient to his word to reap the promise. Because you can, you can, sometimes we have to go through the process and the process is hard, but sometimes we want to miss the process and we just want the promise. But we have to go through the process because God is refining through that. So we have to make sure that we're going through the promise. Is mama coming in? Okay. So we, and we want to introduce, well, I'm a, you know, she wants to say a few words, but we're thankful for her because we've seen her do that in our lives. Yes. We've seen her release us and she reminds us that, we are not we don't belong to her like the lord let her like let her borrow us like she she doesn't we don't necessarily belong to her that we're uh, we're the lord's first but we are thankful for her because we've seen her do that in our lives and so we want we're doing that in our children's lives and so i'm we're thankful for our mother and her faithfulness and her obedience i love y'all i love y'all I just wanted, you know, it, it, okay, so I'm not going to share everything that I had, Holy Spirit. Um, could you see, what, baby? Give me to hold your hand. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, lovey. Um, so, first of all, happy Mother's Day to all of you wonderful ladies. Yes. And so, I can, you know, they're saying, you know, well, Mom, you have something, come and share. And so, I was listening and I mean, everything they were saying is like, okay, well, they shared it. They did it already. They, you know, it's, but for me to sit back and watch them to flourish, it's always been that way. I always sat back and watched them flourish. And I delight in my daughters. I take very much delight in, in my daughters. And, you know, um, when they were talking about salvation, you know, because I wanted to share, like, my mom's not with me. Um, but my mom, I always remember, and I carry it deep in my heart. My mama used to always say two things. She used to say, um, you can't choose for your children. And she used to say that, um, no two children are alike. And of course, really quick, of course, with mom saying, you know, you can't choose for your children, you know, of course, like right now, you're going to choose for what's best for your child. But like she was saying, once your child gets a certain age, what are you speaking? What are you praying? What are you speaking? What are you decreeing? What are you declaring over your child? Because it starts in the home and that's where it's going to begin in the home. So it's like, what are you saying? What are you speaking? You know, death and life's in the power of the tongue. So are you gonna speak death or are you gonna speak life into your child? And when mom said that, she did not mean, oh, well, you know, um, you can't choose, you can't choose salvation for your child. And when she said no two children are alike, it's because if you have more than one child, you have to pay attention to what that child needs individually, because there's things that's gonna come up and there's things that's gonna happen. So she was my firstborn, but how I dealt with things for her did not deal with her. Because I'm gonna tell you, you know, I don't know what it is to have a prodigal child, but I'm gonna tell you this, God has blessed me with these two because they, not just because they don't belong to me anyway, um, they're, but they're amazing. Like I never had trouble. They never went in a club. They never was disobedient. They never smoked. They never drank. They never did those things. It was just the glory, the grace, the grace of God. But like for her, she was obedient. Uh, she was obedient too. But she, she, she what? She what? Yeah, she was obedient. But for this one, she, you know, she sat and she listened and she was quiet and she went with what I said. And in this one, it was always, but mom, she always did it. Like if she came to me with a, with a, with a, with a problem, with an issue, it was always like, but mom, because she didn't want to hear what I was saying. She wanted me to say what she, yeah, 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 what she wanted to hear. Thank you, mom. So, yeah, yeah. You, would your husband say that? Your husband would say that? That is what he said, he's fault. Okay. But, so with that being said, it was different because I had to 
spiritual warfare for her for health. Rhonda was born almost two months early. She was three pounds. So the enemy came in to attack her because first she was diagnosed with asthma. It was really, really, really bad, like really bad. We stayed weeks in the hospital sometimes, but I had to take authority over that. I had to not accept that for her. I had to go in and I had to dig and I had to find scriptures on healing and I had to speak those scriptures over her. But you just don't, you call it out. Rhonda, it's healed in the name of Jesus. You know, by his stripes, she is healed. You know, she is made whole. She, whatever it is that you go in and you pull out at that time, speak that, speak that child's name. And so with that being said, she had asthma. And then her eye problem, eye issue, where right now we're, we're still believing. You know, I'm believing, I'm joining my faith with my daughter's faith. But you know what I say? That one eye is working like two eyes, like both her eyes. I decree it, I declare it. And just anxiety. When my daughter was like maybe 16, 17 years old, anxiety came on her bad. They put her in the hospital, they did a spinal tap, they did whatever. Still to this day, the enemy is coming in to try to rob her in health issues. Still to this day, she battles. But you know what I got to say? The enemy wants to come in and put despair on her. The enemy wants to come in and rob the hope that she has. The enemy wants her to come in and have her look in another direction and not move forward in God. But let me tell you, she's quiet, but when it comes, guess what? She has a loud roar. She has a very loud roar. But still to this day, the enemy comes in to attack. So with that being said, when I seen what was going on with her, it was obvious. I could see it. Whereas with her, it wasn't obvious. She held some things deep in her heart that I was unaware of. So when she was like a freshman, freshman, she was a freshman in junior high, they had called her to run track in high school. She was in activities in school, but she wasn't in track. So when she was called, I was so busy with work. I worked at a doctor's office, I multitasked, I was everywhere. Me getting a day off was out the question. Her track meets, I was still at work. But you see, it was always something that I knew, that struggle, that wasn't right, because the Holy Spirit will reveal those things to you if you ask. And I knew something was not right. So, her and her sister always been close, still close to this day, thank you, Lord. But she would go to the track meets where I did not because I was so busy with work. I was so busy with, how many times us mom can be distracted with work? The enemy comes in to rob, maybe your health, uh, maybe depression, whatever it may be. And you're so focused trying to go before the throne of grace and you're trying to get delivered from it. And you're fighting, you find for yourself that your child, sometimes you can't, you can't see it. You can't see what's going on. There, there's, there's blindness there. You, you, you can't see. So for her, she started running track. I was working. Her sister used to make sure she went, watch her, whatever. I'm going to tell y'all, it was at a women's encounter. We had a session where we broke up. And because of their age, they had to be in the session with me at the women's encounter. So... I was unaware. I knew it was something. I was praying in the spirit and I was saying, Holy Spirit, show it to me. I knew there was division coming. I knew I, 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 in my spirit, I just knew it. At that encounter is when the enemy, the devil was exposed because she cried out to me and she says, I feel like you don't love me. Now, her track me, so you say, baby, how you did? What'd you do? You know, I feel like you don't love me. I feel like you're not there for me. Why you, why you, why, why you're not there? Why you don't like me? Why you don't love me? Why you love sister more than you love me? That encounter, I had no idea. And, but you know what? I said, oh, yes, because the enemy was exposed. Because how many of y'all know that if that, would have continued on. How many of, 
unforgiveness could have came in, I would not be here with them two right now. I would, her, may, but like with her, that could have caused so much division. And I stood there and I told her, I said, you know what? How many of us know that our moms can tell our children that we are sorry? I looked at her and I told her, I said, I am sorry. I say, I love you. And I promise you from this day on that every, God willing, every track meet you have, I will be there. I will attend. I went into the job and I didn't ask them anything. I went in and I told them, y'all, my daughter, y'all know, is in track. I have to leave an hour early and I'm going to do so. Because you know what? That job did not matter. It was, it was, she is what mattered to me. You know, and as moms, and, and, and I went in and I did it and it worked out in our favor and, you know, and I'm able to stand here with her. But sometimes we have to, her and what I had to press in and fight and believe, pray, faith, believe in, know that God was going to come through and his will would be done. I could see. On her, I couldn't because it was her, it was her inner being. So, you know, we, 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 have to, we have to be careful with things like that. And I just want to share that. And um, I heard she already shared about this one, this two-year-old, because the enemy tried to come in and attack, and I had a little side pain. And, and I was believing, and he was still sleeping. He comes, and he was up, and I was like, okay, let Lovey get up. Lovey's getting up this morning. So I go to get up, and I said, ouch. What's wrong, lovey? What's wrong? And I, she said, he said, Jesus' name, amen, but he's two. But you know what I got out of that? I got, oh, my word, Father, Holy Spirit, you just reveal it to me that he shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So that's something new for me to confess. That's something new for me to keep mind, you know, because... I speak over both of them. I spoke over both of them their whole time growing up. But now, you know, and it just don't stop there. Because now if you all are like me, I have grandchildren now. So I have to make sure that I'm aware, that I'm alert. I am vigilant. Because the enemy wants to come in and destroy. The enemy wants to come in and do whatever to where our children can be distracted or go down different paths. So, but now... I can join my faith with their faith for things to come for my grandchildren. But I just wanted to share real quick because I had went to a, um, a women's conference at a Chalmette campus. And so I think some of the ladies in here had attend. But I had went to, um, and Darnell, Pastor Darnell, she shared something at the, and I'm just going to read it real quick and uh, go and that'll be it. But um, I'm just gonna say, moms, we have to be vigilant and at guard at all times. Um, so I'm just gonna share this real quick.
So we want, so we wanted to do, we wanted to alter call. If there's anything as a mother, we want to pour into your life. So if you are dealing with anything and with your, if it could be about your child, it could be anything. Cause